Hello, Eugene. Hey, how's it going? It's going great. So what are we talking about today? I guess life insurance. I didn't know that that was going to be a topic, but I guess I have life insurance opinions. Oh, good. Um, so I guess we started talking um, a little bit about um, about it offline, but um, it started from kind of, I guess, you know, I'm taking care of my grandma who passed away and, you know, in another country and sending money for the funeral costs. And we kind of um, came up with this idea that that makes sense, you know, that the funeral costs in the U.S., for example, cost much more. And that's why we have life insurance. You know, most places, I guess, offer life insurance coverage. Yeah. And I guess like most things in America, they're sort of dependent on your job. So just like we have to get health insurance through our job, the the company offers some sort of basic life insurance as like a like a core benefit of working there. Yeah. And I guess before before I was married, before I had any like debts or expenses or anything like that. I just had my student loan, which I guess I just assumed that wasn't going to be my problem. And I never opted for the additional or any additional uh, life insurance. But now that I'm married and have become like the breadwinner, I don't know if that term is bad or not, but like the person that if I were to die, it would be like financially hard to continue for my wife to live at the same level. So I decided to opt for like term life insurance. And I I think I got 20 times my salary. Salary? Oh, 20 times. Was that, what's the recommended? Is it four times? Um, you know, it's different for different companies. So like smaller companies have something like, you know, 50 grand, because that's what the law allows to be given to employees for free. Oh, no, but- I didn't, I didn't do it through the company. I wanted, so I have like oh. the regular life insurance through the job, but then I decided mm-hmm. to get, I guess what you would call supplemental life insurance from like a third party that's independent of my job. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I think I got four, four times my salary. Does that sound better? No. Yeah, well, 20 seems like a lot. Like you would have to go through a physical exam and stuff like that. I did that, yeah. Oh. Is um, it a term, li- a term life or whole life? Term life. I, I Okay, I think, uh, I think I figured it out. It's pretty easy. I got 10 times my salary. <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Uh, I mean, I think the the point of this was... If I were to die before, like, uh, finalizing all of my expenses and lifestyles to a place where I could self-insure, I wanted that, like, the reason it's term is because I have, I don't know if it's 15 or 20 years, but whatever the term is, that allows me to have the, like, the peace of mind that if I die in that time, I don't have to have everything financially secure. And then my family can continue in the current lifestyle without 
any like financial hardships. Yeah. And then once the term runs out or once it's halfway through or whatever, I can reevaluate and see if we still need life insurance probably would. And at some point the goal would be to not have life insurance and just have the money to self-insure. Well, actually, uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, <laughs> but you will. It's it's much more complicated, and, and not complicated in a bad way, but complicated in a good way. Like there's like benefits um, for other th- for like having um, other types of life insurance and stuff. I mean, I am licensed um, to sell life, health, and accident insurance, but. Um, I got it because someone recommended that I did um, for referral fees or whatever. Um, I never actually used it. I think the only policy I ever sold was to my own husband. <laughs> um, but um, the work, so let's start with the work insurance for a second. So the work, the, the insurance that you have from your work is like 50 grand by law uh, is not taxable to you. The premium cost of 50 grand of coverage Um and that's just a, you know, just, it's like a, it's a fringe benefit. So many companies have it cause it's super cheap uh, for like a group. So if it's a company, then it's very cheap to, to buy it. And 50 grand of benefit, death benefit is not, you know, is, is free for you. Um, you don't have to pay for anything. And if you want more, you could, if the, the employer has those, uh, I guess, writers in place or whatever, um, uh, but you would just have to pay for the premium, which is super cheap still. Um, and uh, basically, like bigger companies like yours and like my husband's, they typically offer through work X times the salary, which, you know, my husband has X times salary. I'm not going to go into the detail, but um, it makes a lot of sense because, um, you know, with a mortgage and everything, you have to get that taken care of. But that that's all term insurance, which means um, as soon as you stop paying the premiums, you lose coverage. I mean, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing, um, but, you know, I mean, you only have a wife now, um, but like we have children with the, ch- with children, it's good to have term insurance and term insurance is often um, policy of choice because it's cheap or a lot cheaper than whole life. Um, and let's say while your kids are small and while you're paying off, let's say your mortgage or whatever, student loan or whatever it is, um, basically you would be covered. You would, you should have enough to cover the debt so that if anything happens to you, you would, um, you know, your spouse or your whatever, some, your loved ones can, can take care of those and not be kind of stressed out and looking for, a way to survive. Um, so those are like super cheap, especially as the younger you are, the, the better, um, there are different types of them and we can like kind of talk about it, but the kind of the big picture between the term and the whole is, um, technically I was actually a believer. The term is the way, to, you know, the way to go and whole was the evil, but, but actually it's the whole, whole life makes a lot of sense when you start accumulating some wealth and you want to grow it tax-free. Why? So, I guess before we get too deep into arguing, um, <laughs> I guess we should establish why we have insurance in the first place. And, like, for me, 
and I think maybe for you, it's to limit the financial like interruption of having someone that makes a significant amount of money die. Yeah. So it's not to cover funeral costs. I don't think it's to cover any sort of debts. I think it's to continue the lifestyle that you had for some amount of time so that, you know, let's say five, 10 years, someone that wasn't making as much could adjust and like change their life in a way that they become the sole provider. And I don't know if you have more than a million dollars of insurance, you might have some sort of clause where some of that money gets invested and that can actually supplement that person's income forever. And that was sort of my idea. I didn't want like death benefits to like cause wealth. I didn't want them to be a savings account. I didn't want it to be anything like that because I want that to be separate. Like I don't, I don't want life insurance to be a strange savings account for my family. I could do that in a different way that isn't tied to me dying. <laughs> it's it's actually, it's exactly what I was thinking about 10 years ago. It's, it's word for word. Like that's exactly the way I was like, look, you know, I don't need a savings account, um, but I'll explain why it makes sense or may make sense and when. Um, I just feel like the rates are worse. You can get more return on investment by, you know, figuring out a different way to grow intergenerational wealth as opposed to just tying it to this weird insurance product, which like, what's the rate of return on whole life? It's not, it's not good. If you count it compared to like, I don't know, an index fund or something. Well, who says that, um, well, first of all, there are different rates of return on the insurance, and you have often have a guaranteed rate which you never get with an index fund. So, but go on, let's let's hear all of your arguments. I don't, I don't think that they're arguments. I think they're almost like philosophical. I, the goal of my financial life is to eventually not need life insurance. So, I want to get to a place where. Cars are paid off. House is paid off. We have enough money to recover for when I die. Like, like basically the end of retirement, like all the money in my 401k, savings, mortgage, whatever. That should all be enough so that when my salary stops, that's not a huge burden on anyone's life. Because the point of retirement is to eventually cut your salary and just live off your savings. And I don't have that now. And losing my salary would be a huge like hit to the family and like how we live our lives. And that's where I think term insurance comes through and says for 15, 20 years, you're covered. If you lose your salary, your family will be okay. And it'll give them time to adjust and figure out how to live without your income. Okay. I respectfully disagree with everything that you've okay. said. I mean, it is a personal choice. No one's it forcing is. anyone it into is. this. It is, but there's a lot of also kind of misconception about this whole life insurance. And even like when I passed my exam, I was like, 
I don't get it. Like, why would people get whole life insurance? But it actually makes a lot of sense given um, a couple of other things. So let me just start with those first. Um, so first of all, um, there are different types of life insurance policies. And there are mechanisms that you can create that can actually be very useful for you. And so I'll talk about them. So whole life. So average, actually let's back up for a second. Um, average times time span that a person keeps a term life policy is about seven or nine years or something like that. Like there is, there's statistics. Um, because it's great when you don't have a lot of accumulated wealth, you have debts and, and stuff. So like, and this, like what I'm about to say is actually a personal opinion. I, if, if, you know, if I had my way, I would want my life insurance policy to pay off all the family's debts so that it's, you know, living, making money to live off, um, you know, food and, and taxes and, you know, property taxes and stuff like that is so much easier once you don't have the mortgage, the car loan, the whatever. Um, so it's much easier to maintain the lifestyle. Um, and right now it's, you know, we're not talking about traveling because you can't travel. Um, (laughs) um, so basically, um, that's, that's my opinion. Now, moving on to the actual like facts and stuff. So term life is super cheap. And for families who don't have a lot of, um, wealth accumulated, well, any wealth accumulated, um, it makes sense to, um, to get term life because it's cheap. It's not a lot of cash outflow kind of, um, um, on a, on an ongoing basis, you know what I mean? So it's, and plus you get coverage if anything happens. So oftentimes what people do is buy a level premium, um, 20 year term life policy and level premium means that when you lock in, like today you purchase the policy, you lock in the premium for the next 20 years. That's what I did. Right. So, um, I actually have an annual renewable, whatever, but, um, it's, that's the one that, um, I have a couple of policies. So, um, that's the one that the, um, my, or professional organization offers, uh, they don't offer a term or whatever the term, the level, level premium was more expensive. And I was like, eh, I'm just going to wait a few years <laughs> anyway. So, um, that makes sense when you have small children, um, or, you know what I mean? Like, or you have financial obligations or both, uh, it makes sense to do that because, you know, let's say you're 30, um, for the next 20 years, you know, you're obviously your premium, if you were to sign up would go up, um, significantly as you approach 50, for example, but as your kids are small, they need some safety net to like survive if anything, anything were to happen to you. Um, now you're renting, so, you know, you don't have a mortgage yet, but that's what you would get the term life for. Um, but the whole life, the, the beauty of the whole life insurance is actually there are a couple of, of benefits, um, that come with it. So, but in, you know, in terms of, I know that I'm kind of jumping up, um, kind of back and forth, um, in terms of the po- types of policies, but one thing that you should keep in mind about term is you should pay for the writer, um, that if you get disabled, um, that, you know, 
your premiums or you you know you don't have to pay a premium or whatever if you can't. Um, that's a rider that many term policies have, <clears throat> and it's something you definitely should have as well. Um, so because if in a term policy, if you start paying the premium, you lose the coverage. Yeah, but I mean that's where that's where like the emergency fund comes through. That's where all the other stuff sort of happens. Like if I, if I lose my income, that is a different burden than me dying. Of course. So it's actually worse. (laughs) It's different. (laughs) So like, well, I mean, it, it is different. So like if I can't type anymore, there are other jobs that I can try to get. So there are ways of dealing with different things that happen in life. And I don't think that having an all-in-one policy is something that I want. That's why I have a policy from my job that is tied to my work. So if I lose that job, I lose the insurance. I lose, like, I think I have, like, disability insurance for my job, all that stuff. But then I also have this third-party life insurance that stays with me no matter what job I have. And then I also have like a savings account to pay for immediate expenses. So, yeah, but, but think about this. So let's say you have a hundred thousand in your savings account. Let's say, you know, something were to happen to you, God forbid. Mm -hmm. Um, Would you rather spend 5,000 out of a hundred thousand to pay for life insurance that would give your family another hundred thousand? Or would you, want them to just spend the hundred thousand and that's it. Like it just doesn't, you know, the math doesn't add up. It's much more beneficial to have life insurance policy and savings as opposed to just one. And like, again, with the term insurance, I am telling myself that by the end of the term, I want to get to a point that I am self-insured and that's the goal. If I have like, like you mentioned, you wanted to, pay the debts of your families and all the other stuff that that's a separate um like task and you could think about it separately i don't want me dying to from one policy uh pay for my household's continued lifestyle and make the entire family rich and pay off some people's debts those are like I, I don't, I don't want my death to be like a strange wealth transfer moment. Strange? Why would it be strange? Because it's complicated. So like, it's not. Com- it's actually super easy. There is no probate proceedings. Nothing. Right. But I, I like. I don't think that it's my task to be paying for debts of other family members. I don't want to make. What do you mean, and, other family members? Your wife and children? What's wrong right, with no, you? that's that's different. And so, like, yes, my immediate family, the life insurance is to give them time to readjust and figure out a way to live their life. I don't think it should be a one-time paycheck where they never have to work again. And why they not? Just, they're just good. I don't want that. You don't want your wife to, to to be able to. So let me tell you a story, actually, before, um, before anything, before you know, before we go into that conversation. So, um, 
I used to work for a guy a long time ago, um, for about a year and a half. And actually, um, you worked for him as well. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, sort of, I don't know if you remember, um, but, um, basically, um, his sister had two small kids. I think the kids were like four and one or something like really, really small. Um, and her husband, his sister's husband was, um, you know, in a good shape, eating well, whatever, exercising. One day he was playing basketball and he collapsed on the court, had a heart attack and died. Um, they had a two or $3 million life insurance policy. Um, they lived in, they live in Armonk, um, you know, a good area in New York, um, and good schools and stuff. And the kids were like, I think the younger, the older child went to some sort of a daycare that's local, had friends, whatever. Um, so because of this life insurance, she was able to not have to work until the kids were old enough to like go to school and, um, you know, she could be there on snow days and, and stuff like that. So it's not just about, you know, uh, transferring wealth or anything like that. It's more about taking care of your family and making sure that, you know, if something were to happen to you, then, um, then you, um, your, you know, your kids can actually like your wife can actually survive as opposed to having to hire a babysitter, go find work, try to survive, move and all of that while dealing with grief. Um, so I just disagree a little bit with you on that. <laughs> so there, there are different levels. So like the savings account that we have is let's say six months of expenses. Uh, some portion of life insurance will go to funeral, paying for any debts, any of that sort of normal stuff. And then there has to be a period. It could be five years. It could be 10 years where, the the surviving person needs to reevaluate their life and adjust. So that money should be available that, yeah, if you have small kids and you want to stay home with them, that's great. You can use this time to do that. But you as a, like a human in society can't live off this money just for nothing even even managing money isn't sort of free and i don't think most people who win the lottery who win or get some sort of death benefit you can't like give someone five million dollars and say hey you cannot work for the rest of your life it it doesn't work that way people people want to work first of all and they're also not experienced to manage money in that way and sure, you can hire an advisor, and then if you don't know what you're doing or you don't understand how your money works, that's also, it will be detrimental for the family. So thinking that you'll just give someone a bunch of cash and, well, they'll figure it out, it's enough, I don't think that'll realistically work. So um, to kind of give you a little bit of a tough love, um <laughs> When you have a life insurance policy, let's say for a million dollars, you specify the beneficiary or let's say you have a wife and kids uh, or whatever, spouse and kids. Um, you specify the beneficiary way, way before um, anything happens to you. I mean, you will all die eventually. So, and you can keep your policy forever. 
Um, so you specify, like, for example, in my life insurance policy, uh, my husband is the sole beneficiary, and then my kids are res uh, residual beneficiaries. Because kids are minors until the age of 18, they even, like, if let's say, God forbid, something were to happen to me and then him, my kids would get half of the money each into their respective accounts. There will be a trustee appointed. Um, with the savings account, that becomes a part of your estate, which means if you have a will, then most likely things will go according to your wishes. However, um, there's always a chance that it can be contested, that some other relatives, um, like, you know, whatever, um, your cousins, your, I don't know, whatever, whatever relatives like twice removed, um, can, can kind of try to get some of this money and contest your will, there's much higher chance that they will succeed than when you have a life insurance policy where the money will go exactly to the people that you want. I mean, so, so yeah, so that's like, if we're talking about, uh, let's say 30 years from now, where I have, uh, I don't know, whatever amount of money I think will self-insure me that I don't need the life insurance. Like once I start accumulating money that I don't understand that most people aren't, you know, trained to use, that's when I would hire like an estate planner and have like a good will to, to like show or spell out what I want to happen. But that's, but that's like down the line, we can think about that later. Right now, in what I like, in, in my situation, all I need the life insurance to do is for five to 10 years to allow my family to adjust and figure out a new way of living. And that's a personal thing that I've decided for myself. And it'll be different for different people. Right. You're right, but you're right, but um, um, you know, you will you will change your mind eventually when you have children and you grow up a little more. Um, and I'm not saying it in a in a sarcastic way. Like that's you know, things change. Like I had certain beliefs ten years ago that I no longer have because you know life have has changed and things have changed. But um, it's any goodwill can be contested by others as opposed to life insurance where, you know what, I've designated my beneficiary 25 years ago and that's it. There's like, there's no question about it. Um, plus I wanted to mention that for example, life, there's something called, I don't know if you're familiar with it and I know it's another topic, but I'm just going to bring a glimpse of it into, into this because it's kind of related and relevant. Um, so there's something called the long-term care insurance and it's being pushed a lot when, you know, as soon as you reach like 45, 50, it's being pushed a lot by insurance agents because referral fees commission on that policy commissions are huge. Um, Long-term care insurance is if you get into a nursing home, you know, it pays for a certain amount per day or whatever. Those premiums are huge and the commissions are huge for the um, life insurance agents. However, um, if you don't use it, you lose it. So if you never end up in a nursing home, you lose that those those premiums that you've paid all these years. You don't get any type of payout or cash out or whatever. So 
a whole life policy has a benefit where you can have a writer attached to it. Let's say you have a million dollar policy. You can have a writer, a long-term care writer, where if you get into a nursing home, you can use your death benefit to pay for your, for your, um, um, stay there and stay there can be 10 to $16,000 a month for a really, you know, for a decent good one. Um, I just, I have a client who's, you know, who's, uh, relative passed away. She spent maybe five or six years in a nursing home. It's a lot of money. And, you know, and he was worried about running out of money. Um, and she was pretty old. She was like 90 something and five or seven. Um, you know, she had a good life and they wanted to give her a good nursing home, obviously. So it was about $16,000 a month. Um, so long-term care is something that you know, at, at your age, you don't think about, but as you kind of get older, you start thinking about it and whole life policy offers that protection, which is super important. So the great thing about that writer is if you don't use the long-term care, then your death benefit stays the same. Um, and if you use it, then, you know, your million dollars just gets reduced by your annual costs and you don't have to go out of pocket or your family doesn't have to go out of pocket because, you know, let's say you have Alzheimer's or something, God forbid, um, you, you will not be thinking about it at all. Right. Um, so I have, I guess, a complicated relationship with insurance because <laughs> like it is like most people have to pay in more then they will receive. And a lot of... Most people? Where did you hear that? It's like the way insurance works is that a bunch of no. people get together and they have a pool of money and they pay premiums and you need a healthy stream of money so that when one person gets into an accident, um, dies, like whatever kind of insurance it is, you have to pay it out. So with car insurance, you need more people not getting into car accidents so you can pay for the ones that do. No, I understand. And same thing with healthcare. You need more healthy people that don't use the insurance to pay for the minority that use it a lot. That's why it's so important to have young people in a policy and how a lot of policies now are trying to cut costs by having just young people in their policy. And that's, that's not the point of insurance. The point of insurance is that you aggregate at-risk people with the people not at risk as a way to pay Leverage. for, right? As a way to pay for the people that do need the help. So car insurance is, you know, mandated. Life insurance isn't. When you go to an electronic store and you buy a computer, they'll sell you insurance. And I've never bought that insurance because I've decided that, you know, even if I buy a $10,000 computer, I will just self-insure. And if that computer breaks, I'm going to make sure that I don't buy a computer more than I can afford. And if it breaks, I can just buy a new one. Same thing with cell phones. I don't, I don't get the protection plan because if it breaks, I know that that cost will be trivial to me. If you need to buy insurance on your phone and you, you know, borrow money to get this phone. And if it breaks, you can't just buy a new one. Maybe you're buying a phone that's too expensive and you don't need that phone. <laughs> Same thing with point. cars. Same thing with houses. If you're buying a house that you need someone to die to pay for that mortgage, 
maybe you bought too much house. Well, so, <laughs> I I absolutely agree with that, but most people don't think like you and I. Most people, a lot of people actually, you know, the, they get into this trap of the more I make, the more, the bigger house I want, the bigger car I want. I think we talked about it in one of the last latest episodes. But so you and I are, are more of an exception than the rule. So why should I go for these strange insurance products that like I, I just don't want. I don't want when I'm 40 to have long-term hair, uh, care insurance. Maybe when I'm 60 and it makes more sense and I make the calculation of like, okay, uh, it's uh, worth uh, it. Maybe. Stop right there. At 60, you will never be able to afford that. Like it would be this, like you're better off at that point to just paying for the nursing home if you can afford it. And that's what I'm saying. By the time that I get there, I want to have thought about it and saved up for that expense. Like I'm thinking about that now. How do I get to a stable situation in 20 years, in 30 years to where I won't need these strange insurance policies to pay for things? Like I've seen like disability insurance and um, like job loss insurance and all sorts of insurance. And it all just sounds like insurance that you get on your phone and oh you dropped no. it you'll pay a $600 deductible but you'll get an $800 phone so look you actually save $200 by paying us $20 a month and i just i just have this very negative opinion of like insurance in general and then every insurance that i get is like a personal calculation how important is it for me and sometimes i go in the other direction like i just got a car and i got the extended certified warranty, warranty or something. Oh my god, are you crazy? <laughs> it's not no no no, like this isn't the the random one. It's like the the dealership certified, you know, when you get a certified yep. car, you get the insurance and they're like, "Hey, for, you know, more money, you can extend that from 2 years to 7 years." Yeah. And, and that was a calculation. Maker. <laughs> well, obviously. And that was the calculation. Do I want to have uh let's say $2000 a year that I could spend if my engine breaks, if my transmission breaks, I could I could just save that money and pay it when the thing breaks. Or should I pay for the insurance knowing that it costs more, but it'll be somewhat convenient. I can just bring it to the dealership and be like, look, guys, I have this insurance. So that was a that was an instance where I made a personal decision to pay more money. Like, I know that it wasn't financially worth it, but what's the difference? Is it, is it two, three thousand over seven years? I think that I would pay two, three thousand over seven years for the peace of mind that when my transmission breaks, I can bring it to the dealership. They'll give me a rental car and they'll just figure that out. And that's like a, that's like a luxury insurance that I've decided to get for myself. Because I don't know a lot about cars. I don't really want to learn about cars. I don't want to have to figure out whether the dealership is more expensive than some mechanic who might do a bad job. I don't care. I, I don't want to know about cars. I want to drive the car. And if I if I have to pay more, I'm in a position now where I decided that I can afford to pay more and not super worry about the car breaking. And I think whole life insurance is in a similar thing where 
yeah, you could choose to pay more and get a worse rate, have more fees, whatever, like whatever the math works out. It doesn't have to financially make sense if it makes you feel better. And I'm just not there. Uh, And right. So you've just made a great point. So having lifetime life insurance with the healthcare writer, um, whatever long-term care writer is great. And there is actually an even better product. There is a way to basically purchase insurance, let's say a pool of an, of death benefit, let's say, I don't know, 5 million. And you can purchase it in a way that let's say first million is whole life. The other four are term life so that it's cheaper in the beginning. Then as you kind of you know, make more money, have more wealth accumulated, you can um, convert the extra 4 million slowly to be whole life. And whole life, I mean, there's whole, we should like, it could be a whole episode on whole life insurance. Um, and I would have to bring in someone who does calculations and stuff um, on it to show why it makes sense financially. Um, but basically, like, that's a great option that term life alone doesn't offer. And, um, you know, having that, like, like just what you've just said, um, you know, you made a conscious choice to, to not worry about it, to not like, um, think about it with term life. You're basically just wasting, sort of wasting money. Um, so you're oh. sort of paying, you're not getting any portion of it. If you wanted to take the money out or like, you're just paying for a subscription sort of. Right. I'm, I'm paying for a different thing. I'm not paying for a savings account. I'm paying for time for me to figure out my own financial security. And I don't want end of life benefits tied up in a policy. I want to do that myself, but I can't because I'm too young and I don't have enough like capital. So I'm using the insurance. (laughs) I'm using the insurance to, to buy me time to stabilize, to build wealth, to do whatever I want. And I don't, my death benefits is something that I want to learn about that I want to care about that I want to take care of myself. So the product that I purchased just buys me time where with a car, I don't plan on becoming friends with the mechanic and figuring out which one's good and figuring out if the dealership is charging me a thousand dollars more. I, as, as I'm sitting here right now, I don't care. And it's a small amount of money relative to, you know, my salary now, my salary that I want in the future. And that is just not something I care about. It might change. It, I might it learn about cars. I might find a mechanic friend and I might pick my next car. I might not get the extended warranty. I'll just out of pocket it because I'll just have the cash. But right now, it's a weird economy. I don't want to be spending, you know, $3,000 on a transmission and engine repair. The insurance costs me less and it's a trade-off that I'm happy with where whole life, where I am right now, isn't interesting to me. Like, I don't want it. (laughs) That doesn't mean that no one wants it. It's just not what I want. Exactly 10 years ago at about your age, I was in the same exact place. I was like, doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah. And it's, it's fine to change your mind. Like, there's nothing wrong with any of this. It's a personal choice. And again, this is all above and beyond the basics of covering funeral costs and covering like 
random deaths. This random? like this, this, this is talking about when I die, I want my family to grow in wealth significantly. And I don't want to do that through an insurance product because I think that I can do it better. Because that's, that's could, something that I think about. Well, you could do it better. The only problem is that you don't know when you're going to die. That's why I have the term. Yeah. I mean, I, term is good. Listen, yeah. it's good to, to start. I mean, I've had term when I started out for sure. Like, it's, mm-hmm. there's no question about it. Getting whole life insurance to me feels like giving up on me wanting to self-insure and self-plan for like my own death benefits. Cause right now where I'm sitting, I still think that in 20 years, in you know 30 years, I'll be able to figure that out myself and just not need the insurance. Cause I, I want to take care of myself where you or a lot of other people, they don't care. They're not interested in financial planning and what that's an insult right there (laughs) not everyone i don't mean you specifically life insurance you said you and and life insurance is uh financial planning by the way it could be part of your financial plan like i'm not trying to judge people's (laughs) financial decisions but i'm saying it is a personal choice and you can do whatever you want but i think it's worth like understanding the differences between these products and the other the other ways you can do it as opposed to well let's just wait till i die and then some insurance policy will figure it out for me like i i i don't i don't want that well at that point you don't really have a choice of what to do um so financial planning including whole life insurance is what you do before that so like I don't think I'm a I don't think I'm less prepared not having whole life cuz it's a choice that I'm making and if I don't make it if I could, I could choose not to plan for my death at all and yeah absolutely like yeah that is a choice that yeah like Bill Gates is probably a hypocritical example like doesn't want his kids to get a ton of cash when he dies and I think it's I, the opposite I I don't know I don't care but <laughs> That's the thing. As a person, you don't owe your kids anything. You don't owe your spouse anything. You, you can don't. you can work with them, and that's nice. And I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. But I don't want my family to never have to work again after I die, and then they'll be mandated to be these weird shepherds of this millions of dollars. I, that's not a job they want, and I don't want to wish that onto someone that doesn't want it. Well, so there are different tools like trusts that you could establish to make kind of the best of both worlds, have the best of best of both worlds, not give them all of the money up front, but at the same time incentivize them to make something of themselves. But the bottom line is that you're t- a typical uh, person who doesn't have kids or actually no that's a generalization but it's very it's very typical at least most people um that i've met think that way before they have children you know like i actually thought like you know i'm not gonna like support my kids x whatever doing something but now it's like you know it's your own child you look at it completely differently so just expect it to change just i want to challenge you to to have an open mind of course everything everything has to change and your opinions will change too. Your kids will turn 
20 and you could be like, I don't want to pay for these people. They're they're dumb. We're backwards. <laughs> Maybe they're really nice and they're artists and they're struggling and you want to help them out because you believe in them. It's so like anything can happen. Kids are different. And like all I can do is make choices right now. And just, I think that's okay. Yeah, I agree. All right, Eugene, fun conversation. I think we should do it again. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, I'll talk to you later. Yeah, see you.